Welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows. One of the shows we have up on air and online 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word centerlefttalkradio.com go there just 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 go there uh, it, it should be it should be cemented into whatever your personal devices at this stage in the game it should be a, an auto link to the links but uh, when you go there to the uh, homepage of our website, there will be two links. The first is to our podcast feed. Pick us up, pick up what you're listening to right now. You may have done it this way. Listen to us as a podcast. If not, go to the second link and listen to us as a radio loop. Yes, uh, you've heard that many times before. I will happily repeat it. It's a separate version of this show, a separate feed of this very show, and it will always be a feed of the most recent show that is running in a loop on a separate computer here in the studio and being beamed out via modems and servers and satellites and, and very possibly, uh, I would say UFOs, but it's uh, unidentified, what is it? Unidentified aerial phenomenon may somehow be uh, participating in the process by which you receive us. I don't know. But you will, I guarantee you, uh, however, the, whatever the, the chain of, of delivery might be, you will be getting us at whatever point the show happens to be in the loop, the radio-ish loop that it's running in. And you'll pick it up from that point, you'll listen to it, decide that you're really interested to understand how it got to the end or what else you should have known or what else would have been even more uh, instructive about this show uh, if you'd started from the beginning. No problem, no problem. Because in about three to four seconds, the show will begin once again. It's in a loop in a very analog-ish kind of uh, way, you know, picking it up. It would feel like you just turned the radio on in the car, in the kitchen in the morning when you woke up, and, and there's the show. There's us. Or, of course, you can also get center-left radio wherever you get your podcasts from. How, however <clears throat> you, um, however you find us or found us, Welcome. It's a Friday. It is the 4th of August uh, in the year 2023. I am, um, I will make reference to the last show we did, I must, because that's a very important day, August 1st. That was our last show, last Tuesday. And after doing that show, at somewhere around, I suppose it was 5.30 in the evening, and, and we talked about the the probability of this on our last show. The grand jury uh, that was meeting in Washington, the special grand jury, considering all of the, uh, the Trump uh, criminal uh, charges, uh, specifically in this case, 
I, I gather, I, well, was it the same grand jury that was hearing both the Mar-a-Lago related stuff and, and the stuff related to January 6th? I don't know, I'm not sure. I, 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 I haven't gotten quite that granular and that's probably a, a simple one to answer. But in any event, the grand jury handling the January 6th related criminal matters uh, uh, that pertained uh, to the activities of Donald Trump and others, Finally, uh, after what really many people have said wasn't a terribly long period of time, uh, from, if, if you count from the point when Jack Smith was brought in as a special prosecutor, it was uh, less than a year, I think. I have, I'd have to check that again. But somewhere, somewhere in the, the one-year region, and people who know about such things wound up saying people willing to be objective and rational and reasonable wound up saying that was a pretty quick return of an indictment. And oh, what an indictment it is and was on August 1st. If you thought the indictment concerning the uh, withholding of documents and the cover-up of the withholding and the obstruction of justice, if you thought all of that was well-crafted, if, 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 if you thought that basically presented an airtight case, and it does, um, somehow, if you can imagine Jack Smith and his team uh, and it's Jack Smith's name at the bottom of the document. I have to believe that if he didn't craft it ab initio from the get-go, if it wasn't him on a on a on a uh, on a computer in Word or using that the software that we use in the legal profession specifically to lay out a form much akin to the type of software that is often used by writers uh, in, you know, in, in screenwriting and stuff like that. This, this lays it all out, too, that you, so you could do all those arcane things in the upper right-hand corner with from who's the plaintiff to where and put boxes around it in the left-hand side here in a federal indictment, the listing of the specific statutes that are in question or are being alleged to be violated in the course of it, and all the lines are one and a half spaces and the paragraphs are put and, and the distance between, if getting past whether or not Jack Smith was the guy who first turned on the computer and brought up that program and typed every word of it or typed some of it up front, maybe it was someone else, maybe he was just the editorial guy, maybe there's enough other really good writers there, I'm sure there are, in DOJ, but the ultimate document that was produced is, forgive me, it's an effing masterpiece of, of legal reasoning, a, a speaking, what we call a speaking indictment. You, you have to understand in the federal system, uh, in a federal criminal trial specifically, there is no need to go through all of the detail to, to literally speak, to give a narrative statement of what exactly it is that is being, uh, what, what the person is being, uh, con why, the why, the, 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 the granular statement of why uh, the defendant is being accused of crimes. 
it suffices for purposes of the federal system to simply say you are accused of this crime, you are accused of violating these statutes, and subsequent documentation will lay out the details. It, it, it would be an extra step. But, but in this instance, and in and everything involving Donald Trump, certainly in the federal system, and, and as we've seen from um, in New York State, in New, in New York City so far, uh, the, the case that was brought in New York locally against Trump, the, criminal, the first criminal case, the, the Stormy Daniels equivalent, the, the, the one that got uh, uh, you know, Michael Cohen in prison for 18 months, the standard New York State sort of thingy, um, everybody wants to get the storyline out there with Donald. You want to control the narrative. <clears throat> and, and, and that's a big thing. Uh, the last time out of the box for Jack Smith uh, on the Mar-a-Lago uh, indictment, when it was unsealed, when a true bill was released out, into the public, it began with, in essence, a three-day hold, as it were. It remained sealed after it had gone to the judge. I, it, I guess it would have been the magistrate judge. I forget who that was. But ultimately, it goes, it, it's with, uh, uh, what's her name, Cannon, um, uh, Eileen Cannon, is that it? in South Florida. But because it was sealed, the way that was handled. And, that, and that's a very standard thing. It's a chance for the defense attorneys to go through it, basically understand where it's coming from, and also, quite honestly, by keeping it sealed, give everyone, give, give, the, the, give the state, give whoever the prosecuting authority is, the opportunity to go out and get their hands on the defendant to make sure that defendant doesn't flee. If it's made public too quickly, and, and, if, and, if, and if counsel basically decides that they can go ahead and, uh, well, if, if, if defendants' counsel were to give them a heads up and say, get out of town, that'd be another story entirely. But, but tradition typically dictates that indictments, when they come down, when a true bill comes down, it is under seal initially. It, it, it's a courtesy, if you will, to the other side, from you know whoever the prosecutorial body is, if the state, if it's the city, whoever it may be, the DOJ, to basically allow the other side to go through it and understand what's going on and begin the process. Now, most of these things are not, are not you know, made for prime time. These are run-of-the-mill, I mean, nothing is run-of-the-mill, it's a criminal case. Your, your freedom is in the balance if you're a defendant, but it, it's a process that's going to go through predictable steps. And, and, but in this case, you see, what, what happened was Trump's attorneys instantly gave Donald all the information that he needed from it. I'm sure they did it in summation from I doubt if Donald read the full Mar-a-Lago document uh, uh, indictment. He doesn't read stuff. It has, to be, it has to be bullet points. So they gave him the bullet points. Someone condensed it down, and within the hour... They were not only condemning the content of it, but fundraising off of it. 
Now, he, he had done very well with the fundraising off of the New York indictment, okay? Very well. Something like $4 million were raised that day. Surprisingly, surprisingly, <coughs> he only did about half as well with the fundraising off of the Mar-a-Lago indictment. And, I've, and I've, I'm sure we'll be hearing within a day or so I, I, I haven't heard yet, but the numbers will come out. What the fundraising will be off of this. In the end, of course, that's, that, that's, that's at least job one. Probably it, it's, it's no less a job, no, no less a goal to grift his followers and get money off of them. It's no less a goal than putting out the false narrative required in order to try to reposition the, the statements themselves that were in the document. In other words, to, to, to falsely communicate what is actually being said. And it's the type of thing where if you happen to be an attorney and you've read the indictment, and then and, and you and you sit there and you and you go, wow, wow, that is amazing. They covered all the bases. They, they stitched up every little line of defense. They, they anticipated every response. And they did it in, a, in, in this elegant, clean, not overstated. It, wow. Well, th this, this document that just came out was a wow. But still, of course, and, 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 and rightfully, a defendant and his or her attorneys have the right to put their own spin. Hell, the client's, the client's very freedom and, and perhaps a lot of money are going to be at stake here. So, yes, you don't just simply receive the indictment. The defendant's counsel doesn't look at it and say, wow, oh, man, this is just, okay, we concede. Go ahead. Don't even bother with a trial. This is, like, just too damn good. You guys are good. No, no. We, it is going to be an adversarial process, and we have to accept that. But, but, there, this is different. With Donald, it's always different. And this particular indictment, the one that just came down, is even that much more different, if you will, from the Mar-a-Lago-related indictment. Why? Well, well, first of all, it involves stuff that he did while he was still president of the United States. Crimes committed by a sitting president of the United States, not a private citizen. Now, if you will look at the Mar-a-Lago, of course, that's a private citizen. Well, lots of private citizens, mainly private citizens, are the ones that get indicted. So Donald was among those. He happened to have been a former president of the United States. The stuff that he ultimately was accused of in the Mar-a-Lago document involves stuff that began as he was leaving the presidency, but the meat of it, the worst of it, the holding on to those documents, refusing to cooperate with the government, lying outright about what was being done with them, showing them to people, that was all post-presidency. What is going on here is very, very different. These are crimes committed in 
during and within the scope of his authority as President of the United States, using the office of the President to perpetuate criminal conspiracies. Three of them are alleged, and there's a fourth independent crime. But there are three different conspiracies that he's accused of, all involving the way in which he and others sought to prevent the peaceful transfer of power. Now, I could get into, really get into the weeds here about this and start, and, I, and frankly, if, if, I, if I were to start going through <clears throat> the actual indictment bit by bit, um, oh boy, uh, it's, it's, A, it makes for great reading, okay? You, I, 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 and I, you will not be, if I, and I, I'm sure that most people listening to me are non-lawyers. You will not be challenged intellectually or any other way. You will not say, oh my God, wish I had gone to law school when my mother told me I'd be, I'd be a better person if I'd, geez, I really, no. You don't need a legal background or a legal education. You simply be a, need to be able to read straightforward English. And it is straightforward English until perhaps you get into a recitation of the particular law, but basically it's all about the narrative. And the narrative incorporates the legalities, the illegalities that are being done, perpetrated, uh, uh, effectively carried through the cabal-ishness of it, of Trump and others, unnamed co-conspirators, there are six of them, very smart point, we'll get to that in a moment. Why they're unnamed. Well, I'll say, I'll say it right now. Because if you'd name them, you'd have all these different defense counsel and you'd have all this additional time slowing things down. No, there's only one defendant, Donald Trump. Very smart. Not multiple, like you have in the Mar-a-Lago case. Um, the, the story is compelling. And, and, and we know it's compelling, even if you haven't read it, and, and even if you objectively can't say, after reading the 45 pages, oh my God, that's brilliant. Maybe, it may be because your eyes, even though, yes, well, the structure of the page, the way that the, the margins are set up, the, 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 that, that legal feeling that it has, I, 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 I just can't quite read this as a suspense novel. I don't feel comfortable, that's okay. Back away from that for a moment. Watch the reaction. Notice the reaction that has come from A, defense counsel, and B, <clears throat> the Trump sycophants, which is basically everyone Republican in the Congress and Republicans all over the place and, and, and uh, whoever is running out there in the MAGA base. Listen to the reactions. The, well, the MAGA base is waiting to get cues from first Donald. Well, it all begins with Donald, of course. So Donald reacts. He, Donald has been given a summation <clears throat> of the document. Donald formulates his own talking points. Donald starts working his thumbs on his, on his, on his uh, cell phone in Truth Social, starts putting out all caps, all bold, all underlined stuff saying, it's a lie, it's a lie. And what Donald settles on 
more than anything else is the same thing. He, he continues the same basic line of reasoning <clears throat> that preceded the unsealing, the issuance of this indictment. What is that? Very simple. This is a political effort by the Biden administration to take me, the front runner, the best, the guy who can beat him, the guy who can beat everybody else, beat all, the winner, the guy who's, this is nothing but a bold-faced usurpation of my constitutional right to run again, and it's a complete, uh, uh, it's a complete weaponization of the Department of Justice to take me off the playing field. That's it. And it's shouted again and again and again. That is basically the story. Is there any defense? Is there any specific mention? Is there any counter allegation? Is there anything that says, no, they got the facts wrong? Is there anything in there, in Trump's messages, that respond to the document itself? No, the document, the indictment, is for all intents and purposes, for Donald's arguments and the arguments of his sycophants, that document just as well might not exist. Why? Why? Why would there be a... Comp wouldn't one think, wouldn't you think, okay, you've been, you've been indicted, or you know someone who's been indicted. Now, you know that that indictment will lead to a court case. There's going to be a trial. At the trial, it is the content of that indictment and the legal response to it from the defense that is going to be presented to a jury for determination of factual matters and then a judge will determine the law related to those facts as determined by the jury based on the documentation. The documentation and the proof of that documentation as presented by both sides. Not on whether or not one side can outshout the other and say, this is a political witch hunt. Not whether or not someone can say, this is my opponent simply trying to prevent me from, be, from running for the presidency and, and they're doing it so that it'll completely intersect with it and it is un-American and it's unfair. No, that will not matter. Please, anyone listening to this, and, and we, we have a large out-of-country uh, group that listens to this show, I, I, I want to stress this to you. That is meaningless from the perspective of the American judicial system. It, it is important, it is important that the, that the defense, that the accused, and right through the and the defense, the defendant's attorneys have the right to mount some kind of a public relations campaign to promote the 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 the, uh, the position of of the defendant to say, well, he he's not he's 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 not guilty. He did not do the things here. That that would be the standard situation. Now you're you're not allowed to jury tamper. 
You can't, you can't start looking at a pool of potential jurors and finding ways to uh, make contact with them. You can't start uh, working with potential uh, witnesses and begin influencing them. The, 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 the six uh, unnamed co-conspirators, they have to be out of bounds also. Chances are they're all going to be, uh, there may be uh, they may be called to testify. It's very possible. Mark Meadows, who's now, who, the, the, uh, Trump's former chief of staff, who played so huge in all of the investigatory stuff that was uh, talked about during the January 6th hearing, the congressional hearings, uh, to, well, a year and a half, a year and a half ago? Yeah, two, almost two years ago now. And, and uh, all of that, n none of that is in there, but you would, Trump would be very ill-advised. And the, and the judge yesterday said, don't you dare attempt to influence contact or have any kind of activity going with witnesses or potential jurors. Don't you dare. Because if you do, and this was said specifically, the, the, the terms of your release pending trial, and, and that's what happens in the arraignment hearing. It's the, it's the basis on which the defendant either maintains or does not maintain their freedom pending the trial. It's just as possible, and you see it all the time, that someone who has just been indicted may very well be incarcerated immediately. They may be a risk. They may be, they may be a risk to flight. They may be a risk of, of, of physical danger to themselves, to others. There may be any number of reasons why once this person has been indicted, you don't want them running around. That is probably not the case with Donald, um, unless he would run, run to the embrace of Vladimir or something and, 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 and cry on his shoulder and tell him how wonderful it'll all be when he gets back together and he's going to get, get all the troops, he's going to destroy NATO and get all the troops out of, out of you know, and, and stop helping Ukraine and, 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 and he'll blackmail them for good once and for all. I got away with it. I, ah, they tried to impeach me and nothing ever happened. I've got the control of the Senate. I've got everything. I, I've got... I've got the, the fixes in here, Vladdy. And please, please, please be my friend. And please, please let me build a tower. And please, please don't let my PP tapes. No, 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 no. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if that's true or not. That's, that's an old story. But Donald ain't going nowhere. I'm pretty sure his passport was withdrawn even back in the New York case. And he is absolutely kept low. But a further thing was said during the arraignment yesterday. If he does, in fact, if it is suspected, if there's any evidence that he or others acting on his behalf or attempting to influence or in any other way contact witnesses or potential jurors, he can be incarcerated for the duration of the time before the trial begins. Now, they didn't say how long it would be, but you could be incarcerated, sir. Or you will be incarcerated. I have to go back and I, I think there's probably a, a transcript, if not a, uh, if not a tape, of what exactly was said in front of the court. Now, that, that's, that's, that's pretty heavy-duty stuff. But so, so the defendant has to play by some very specific rules. Will Donald play by those rules? Well, Donald and playing by rules, those, those are somewhat opposing 
thoughts. Those are, that's an, Donald plays by the rules is, is, is a tautology. It's, it's, it's an oxymoronic concept. What we would have expected would have been from his attorneys, from him, from his supporters, would have been some kind of statement to the effect that what was said in that indictment, the document that will be the foundation of the arguments made in court, what was said in that document is false. The accusations against me are false. I will disprove them. I am not guilty of any of this. I, 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 it's, just, it's just all BS. No, that's not what you heard. What you heard was the, this is a witch hunt. This is the, an effort to stop me from running. You heard from his attorneys one of the efforts they made to do whatever the hell it is they're trying to do. One of the efforts included um, that this essentially, every, all he did was exercise his First Amendment rights. He has a right to free speech, and everything that was done, the, 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 his attorneys attempted to sort of compress all 45 pages into a simple exercise of First Amendment free speech rights, and that the free speech was exercised under the reasonable, the reasonable assumption that the election had been stolen. The, the problem with that, of course, b besides the fact that, you know, from a, from a factual point of view, it was only an, uh, an exercise of first, the, besides that being a total crock of shit, okay, more than that, that's not what Donald is being accused of criminally. There is no criminal charge that is leviable for exercising one's First Amer Amendment rights relative to uh, claims that they reasonably believe were true. If that was all that happened, then it would be ridiculous and absolutely inappropriate and impossible to charge Donald with what he's been charged. But you see, he's not being charged with simply exercising First Amendment rights. And in paragraph three, there is like 160 something, I, don't, I should have it in front of me open, but I don't. There's, there's something like 160 something paragraphs. But in paragraph three, or two, is it two or three, what, one of them, there is this absolutely eloquent statement made of what Donald's First Amendment rights are. Jack Smith says, boy, you can say whatever you want. You can believe, you can believe something was true. You can even knowingly say something false. It is your First Amendment right to lie about what the, what, the, what the matters were that you witnessed, that you controlled, that you fomented, that you created. You can lie about them. That is covered by the First Amendment. No one can prosecute you for the exercise of your communicating falsity, what 
ultimately is false. Now, Donald is still claiming he won the election. That is still a big steal. So that tells you how far he's willing to go in perpetuating a false narrative. But that's covered under the First Amendment. He can't be prosecuted for that. What he is being prosecuted for is the next step. Those lies were simply the foundation that was the public relations mechanism that was supposedly going to make it easier for him to convince members of Congress, specifically Mike Pence and others, to screw up the entire January 6th uh, electoral vote count, to put it back to the states for review. Because, well, you know, there, there were questions. But you see, factually, there are no questions. The seven states that supposedly Donald and, and John Eastman and Rudy Giuliani and, and, uh, and God help us, Sidney Powell, oh God, this, what a motley crew. Um, and, 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 what, and what a criminal situation in, in every sense. When you consider where Giuliani came from, he was a former U.S. District Attorney for the Southern District, New York, the biggest, most powerful uh, U.S. District that there is, and he was the head of, my God. And, and, and Eastman, who was a respected, respected guy in legal, in legal canons and cert, and, well, and, and, and Sidney Powell, well, she's just always been nuts. But, but the thing is, these guys are just blatantly lying. And you have all of this information that, that Jack Smith puts out and says, well, you know, the, the logic, the, the, the reasoning, he, here's a lie that Donald is telling. Here's a lie that everyone's telling. That there are other things that need to be determined by the individual states because there are still questions about the election. No! And he lays this out after paragraph three, in fact, throughout the rest of the entire document, that there was nothing else to decide, that everything had been decided in the 62 cases that came before this local state. The Supreme Court refused to hear these cases because Rudy and others had no factual basis whatsoever for presenting even the notion that there were irregularities, provable irregularities. And, and Smith just knocks that argument down, beats it into the ground. There's nothing left of it once you, once you read how he has beautifully structured the narrative and the legal implications, the legal force of this indictment. So the argument that all he was doing was exercising his, his, his First Amendment rights, saying that there were still questions that needed to be decided, and therefore we must get this over to the various states. That's all he was asking, and people just took it out of control. That is shot to hell because there was absolute imputable and probable factual knowledge that he and others had that there was nothing left. And Jack Smith lays it out exquisitely. Now, his attorneys, of course, uh, Donald's attorneys, have the right to say it, it was a good-faith First Amendment attempt. But, but the, the comeback is so quick and so easy 
that, you, you know, there's nothing there. But, let, okay, how about, how about attorneys for Donald? How about all of his congressional and senatorial sycophants? How about we talk about the actual document? No one on the Trump side is talking about the document. No one references the document. No one references the indictment. No one points to here, look at this, look at paragraph, this is a lie, paragraph, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and the collective information that's in there is absolutely false and we can prove it to be false. No one's, no one, no one's doing that. Do you know why they're not doing that? Because they can't. Because they haven't got a legal leg to stand on. Because the information in that document is so airtight and has been presented and developed for so long and is the product of information presented by Trump Associates Republicans again and again. It was developed initially by the January 6th Commission, the Congressional Commission. It was developed and redeveloped again by, 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 by Jack Smith. The people who have been investigated, some of them refused to answer subpoenas for the January 6th commission. They didn't dare not refuse. They didn't dare refuse again for Jack Smith. That would have gotten them jailed. Smith is a, is a take no prisoners sort. This is not new material. Trump's attorneys have been aware of this forever. Another, another, another great, speaking in that, in that general vein of time, another great response is, well, you know, they're trying to get this done quickly so they can get them off the playing field, and it's ridiculous that they should expect it. I mean, they've had, they had two and a half years since January 6th, and they're just bringing it now as we're getting into election. What the, how could we? How? Well, guess what? You, hello, have known, you Trump attorneys, you Donald, you all of his sycophants have known perfectly well what happened on January 6th. You, Mitch McConnell, you, uh, you know, McCarthy, ha went there and got on the floor of the Senate and the House, respectively, and excoriated Donald, blamed him, said straight out there must be justice, you did all this. It's on tape. You knew exactly what had happened. The leaders knew what had happened. Everyone knew what had happened. And that, that, sudden, that sudden burst of, 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 of patriotic fervor lasted all of, uh, uh, I don't know, was it four days for McCarthy before he went down to Mar-a-Lago to kiss Donald's ring all over again and apologize for having told the truth and said, don't worry, Donald, if I ever get in control, and please get me in control because I know that you can control the base and the base controls uh, the primaries and the primaries will be where the crazies come in or don't come in. And I know that you want your crazies in, we'll get your crazies in, and I will be king of the crazies and I will do your bidding forever and ever. Oh, fine, wonderful Donald who you are. Yeah, that's the deal. That's where it's at. It is simply sycophantism there are no facts that, that, that can be marshaled at this point that would create a reasonable defense for Donald. So how is this being handled then? The shouting and the yelling coming from Donald, from his attorneys, from Lindsey Graham and everybody else, is directed purely at the malice 
of the Department of Justice, the malicious intent of them. What about Hunter Biden, et cetera, et cetera? And especially interesting here, the courts are totally prejudiced. There's no way Donald can get a fair trial in the District of Columbia. The judge hates him. Every jury is going to automatically convict him. It is an effort now. This, this is going to another level. Keep this in mind to now completely emasculate the federal court system because that system basically would make it impossible for Donald, he feels, to get a fair trial. I, they're, they're, I, I wouldn't be able to control those people. We might actually have to deal with the facts and the law rather than control them. Well, but you've already been told, Donald, that you're not supposed to play with jurors. You're supposed to, yes, you're supposed to impress them with your knowledge, with your law, with your facts with your arguments in using established law and established fact. But you can't play with them. You can't say, I'm your man, I love you, you love me, and, and all that's out there is me protecting them from getting to you. No, you can't play that game, Donald. That's illegal. That could put you in prison pending this particular trial. But it's all he's got. It's all his lawyers have got. It's all of his sycophants have got. They've boxed themselves into a corner where the only way to defend him, a guy they could have jettisoned any number, dozens of times over the past two years, after the past seven years, and they did initially, and then, and then they all just began sucking up. And now they don't know how to get away from him. They're addicted to him. And again, it all has to do with the base and a fear of their own jobs and their own power. But they have boxed themselves into a position where the only way to defend Donald is to destroy the system. Do you understand? You have to take the judiciary apart. You have to take the judicial system apart in order to protect Donald. You have to completely emasculate it. You have to take away its force. You have to turn, if not all public opinion, certainly sycophant opinion, must now, the, the, the talking point for all sycophants, for all Trumpians, for all dyed-in-the-wool MAGA types, has to be the court's cannot be trusted. There is no way in which Donald can get a fair trial. This is, so you must now take apart the Department of Justice. You must blame the Department of Justice. You must blame the Bidens and, 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 and declare everything to be a complete witch hunt. Everything is a weaponization. You must eviscerate the court system. You've got to take the fundamental structure of the country apart in order for Donald to survive this. And you've, and you've got to add in, and if he wins, and if the case by some bizarre sense has gone on, he must, as a matter of moral, moral imperative, pardon himself and probably everybody else out there. Donald will be getting to that point pretty shortly. Because again, there's nowhere else to go. In short, the defense is now going to be, I have a right to take the system apart that is coming after me. That's what I am allowed to do because there is a moral problem 
with the system coming at me at all, and therefore I am morally entitled to cripple the system that I am running to head once again after attempting to cripple it once before. That's the insanity of this entire process right now. That's where this is going, okay? A man who his only defense is to destroy the system that basically is demanding justice of him, as it would demand of any one of us. This is going to get incredibly ugly. And I, and I just want you to be ready for this. Be aware. We are seeing the very beginning of this process. As the true desperation sets in, across the board, as people really realize, as they truly internalize, there ain't no way he is legally going to get through this. He's going to lose, he's going to be convicted, he's going to be sentenced. Once that really, really, really has sunk in, then people can be, people who are scared to death, as scared as Donald, can be forced and driven to do any number of very, very strange things. Be prepared. Be aware. Keep your eyes and ears open. We are about to go through the worst of it between now and the end of it. And I can't predict what the worst will be, and I can't predict exactly what the end shall be. I can predict, and I can tell you with all certainty, what the Constitution and what the laws of this country would suggest the end point should be. But how it will be when we get there, how we will be as a nation, how we will be able to begin to refunction, reformulate, and heal ourselves, how we will be able to share some common vision of where we're going as a nation, how we will be able to hope and find some other way of, of, of expressing common, common notions that we thought we kind of took for granted, more or less, before all this, I have no prediction right now. I am simply taking a snapshot in time and saying, fasten your seatbelts, we're in for a bumpy ride. That's, that, that's all I can tell you right now. Don't be surprised at anything, at anything, Donald and his minions may attempt. Fair warning. Be aware, but don't become like them either. Don't jump up and down and say, if we could only be just as mean and... No, I won't hear that. Be aware, be smart, be rational, and, and give the right answers. And use the law. And use the indictment. But don't. We cannot become like the crazies. Hell of a way to start a show. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God David is coming on in a moment. And I'm sure David will have some more on this. But he also has a lot of really good granular concrete stuff. I count on that so much on a, on a, on a Friday. Uh, David, David is in the political, he is in the political weeds. And boy, can he, can he whack them and, and give us information that we need. And I am so looking forward to that. On this Friday, the 4th of August, as we enter unknown territory. And we'll get there with David in just a moment.
after a little jazz. This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. 
and we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial progressive programming, and we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Center Left Radio has been here for more than seven consecutive years and more than 800 individual episodes. 800. Think of that. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, Give whatever you can on a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make center-left radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we enter this final consequences stage of the Trump saga. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Central F Radio, thank you. You're listening to Central F Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz, and you're listening to us on the web at www.centraleftalkradio, one word centerlefttalkradio.com you're listening to us on Friday the 4th of August you are listening to us on like every other Friday or at least we try to make it every Friday uh, the second half of the show and the part that I always look forward to because I get to say the following and today with more anticipation and fervor than even usually David what's on your mind uh, well there's a lot going on if you want to hear it me more you can follow me on twitter at uh, faces ideas no um so let's talk about devin archer very quickly so okay. devin archer is quote unquote uh uh hunter biden's best friend and business partner right now, he's been talked about for the past two weeks as a uh the smoking gun the the true person to bring down the, the joe biden crime family right right right, expose right, right right all the records yeah. now keep in mind this is like a weekly thing that there's some whistleblower or some new thing of evidence that they have that will expose the Biden crime family. But it's very weird that after all of this time, anytime James Comer goes on Fox, he's like, yeah, you know, I don't know if we have a crime or what he did is really illegal or if we can prove it. Yeah, I, I, I've seen some of those clips. They, they make it onto the other networks as well, simply because they are so dispositive of the BS that you hear coming you know, before they actually have to get on camera and say it. I don't know. Yeah. Right. Which, you know, for all the people claiming, oh, look, we have all this evidence. It's like very weird that the guy who's like leading the investigation can't positively say that there's, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. evidence. Anyway, um, Hunter Biden was set to testify on Monday. Yeah. On Sunday, a weird thing happened. Um, all the Republicans got into a tizzy because the Justice Department sent Hunter, uh, sent Devin Archer a letter saying, hey, buddy. Uh, it's time for you to go to jail, and um, let's start this process now. So their their response immediately, um, because and I, I truly believe this is a, like an apparent ethos, is um, the inability to read. Uh, 
uh, along with the inability to tell the time. Um, because the letter to, to uh, Devin Archer never says that he can't testify because in order for him to turn into court, there is a process that takes a little while. Of course. And the reason, and the reason he has to do this is because now for the second time in a row, um, their big whistleblower is a criminal. Hunter uh, Devin Archer has been convicted of um, uh, tricking a native tribe out of like fifteen million dollars. Yeah, yeah, and I heard that part. Yeah, in yeah, twenty nineteen. Yeah. So yeah. after all the appeals, it is time for him to go to jail. Yeah, yeah. So they made this big stink about oh, you know, the Biden White House is being covered by the DOJ and they're uh, uh, just never going to allow this to happen. And then I, I know this is. It's going to be really hard to believe, but uh, Devin Archer testified. I know it's crazy, uh, but he, he managed to to testify because he was always going to testify, and he was going to testify behind closed doors. Yeah. Now. And there was a reason so, why it was closed doors, obviously. <laughs> yes. Now, James Comer was not part of this testimony. Yeah. Um, also during this testimony, two things came out. One was all the Republicans said, yep, he absolutely told us that the Biden brand was a thing and that they that he he backed up everything we were saying. And and Dan Goldman basically said, no, he didn't. He said the exact opposite. Although we did use something, some term, uh, the illusion of of. uh, He was selling the illusion of the Bidens, which actually isn't in the transcript. Um, But that's we'll get to that in a second. So that's what they've been running with, Um, except that. He kept saying that. So then we got in between this, Tucker ended up having Devin Archer on his Twitter show, which only like 12 people watch at this point, And it's, it's just lunatics. Um, <laughs> it's also worth mentioning anytime Tucker loses his shit about Hunter, he asked Hunter to write his, his kid a letter of recommendation in order to get to college. This was literally just like a decade ago. Wait, so. wait, 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 wait. Hunter, say that again. Hunter. Tucker, Carl, Tucker, Tucker Carlson, Carlson had Hunter Biden write his son a letter of recommendation in order to get him a cop. Is, is this is this some some rumor? Or some well, we're not. No, this no, is this to, is verified. Good God. <laughs> uh, oh my. Oh God. Save us all. <laughs> um. So then what happened is Thursday, the transcript came out. Yeah, yeah. And the House Oversight Committee uh, did a uh, they did a thread, you know, here are the big takeaways from it. And there's this there's this one moment in the testimony that you're you're probably gonna see a bunch. And it's it's Dan Goldman talking to to Devin Archer. And he's talking about, you know, why would Burisma be using him? And he's like, Well, you know, it gives them cover. Um, and then Dan Goldman says, cover why? And they say legally. And that's where every single one of these Republicans, they cut the transcript right there. Whenever they're quoting it. Which is weird, because if you look at the actual transcript, the next line that Devin Archer says is, I have no proof that that is a thing. Yeah, well, this is this is standard standard Republican or standard. When I have nothing else, I go ahead and I just you know manufacture. I I I I, I creatively edit. Yeah, that that this is they've been doing this crap forever. Well, politicians do this all the time, but this is again transparently what it's all about, and it's being set up for the base. And you, 
are one of those people on, on our side, and our side is the majority of the country, the, the majority of the country needs to hear an explanation for why the crap being put out by the other side is a lie, without, without becoming the other side. Oh, hold hold yeah. on. No, because there's, there's two things here. One, Hunter Biden absolutely traded on this name. It's, it's just he fails on nepotism, which is a thing that happens literally all the time yeah, to powerful sure, kids. Sure. It happens to Trump kids. It happens to the Biden kids. I imagine it happens to plenty of other wealthy people and their kids. Um, it's it's part of the perk of being wealthy yeah. or powerful is you can just trade on your family name. Um, the But that is not illegal. Right, of course. Um, the diff- and so just because he did that, they cannot tie that to the actions of Joe Biden because, right. again— this whole thing that we've been talking about, this this protection racket and the, all the money, is about ousting this Ukrainian prosecutor. This was a thing covered in the first impeachment. Right. It was. It was the basis for it. Yeah. And it's, it's still alive because, one, the investigation into Burisma had already stopped when they were removing him. Right. Um, and, two, it was universally wanted for him to um, to— to be removed before um, before he did because he would not investigate yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Burisma so there's that and again the, the, the whole side of this is um, if you're mad at I think it's like allegedly like 15 million dollars I think over that Biden would have allegedly made from this yeah um, something like that yeah if you're mad at that well, boy, do I have some stories for you because Trump's hotel made $160 million over his, his tenure and Jared Kushner made $2 billion selling the country out to the Saudis. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, maybe I'm bad at math, but one of those numbers is way smaller than the other one. Uh, so, I mean, there's that. And it, this is worth repeating over and over again. Hunter Biden is and remains a private citizen and had no actual White House power. That's right. Jared Kushner worked in the White House. That's Obama right. Worked in the White That's House. That's right. That's right. Uh, so yeah, a lot of this is just just nonsense. Well, and it's it's, it's remember they can't they can't talk about Donald's indictments because they're airtight legally and factually. So this is it. Hunter will become the the go to for as long as they can keep it going. And, 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 and the points that you're making will be made again and again. You're making them eloquently, and they'll be made again and again, but that's all they're going to have. The only other thing they can do, and I discuss this on the first half of the show, is basically debase the system, debase the judicial system, debase our legal system, debase the Constitution, claim, just, just make everything stop working, make the DOJ stop working, because within the system... The information that's out there is unassailable, and I'm and anyone, any attorney I know that's read both those indictments, but especially, especially the the the, the August first indictment, the the January sixth indictment. Man, this stuff is incredible. So we're just going to keep hearing about Hunter. Well, here's the other thing: they're on vacation for the next six weeks, right? Uh, so when they come back. They're going to have to balance. Um, we have to figure out how to impeach Joe Biden so that he, we can at least pretend he's on an equal playing field with Donald Trump's right, three uh, right, indictments. Right, 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 right. With 
oh yeah, we got to shut the government down because we have the least productive Congress basically in history and we haven't done our basic duties of funding the government because we have to have multiple hearings about gas stoves and um, of course past legislation saying of course. you have to read the the, the Constitution or some shit. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so we, we, let's see, we've already we've already had our credit rating downrated again. Uh, you know, and, and I by the way, this is this is going to sound weird. And this is something that, that I find personally worrisome. I have two friends who have who are both uh, PhDs in finance and both uh, tenured professors. I'm not going to no names. Both of them have taken substantial money that they had in the market and turned it to cash in the past week. Now, that to me is something I find worth considering. Uh, for some reason, the word out there is that this, this time around, uh, the, the, the rating agencies will not be so kind and sort of upticking us again and, and forgiving. And, and the perception seems to be that the insanity out there within the Republican <laughs> caucus uh, is basically going to persist and take us into a shutdown. That's what I'm hearing. That's what I've seen. Whether I can extrapolate that out to the entire economy and whether it's people should do any action on it, I'm not suggesting that's the case at all. But this is something I've observed for what it's worth. My guess is there the shutdown will last like a week longer than the Trump one. Yeah. Which yeah. was the longest one. Yeah. Um, just so that they could say, oh, yeah, look, Joe Biden did the longest shutdown so he could put. Right. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So they could say that Joe's bite. Yeah. yeah that, that, that's it. Something along those lines. And, and again, it's all going to be messaging. It's all going to be public relations. None of it is going to be substantive. It's all going to be just bullshit. We know that already. But yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Uh, it'll, and it's going to be coming in with full frontal force uh, six weeks from now. The whole process begins. It's it's starting as we speak, you know. So, well, also, all right. So let's let's talk about the Florida guy who got yeah. uh, charged, uh, like the hundred Florida guy who got charged for January sixth. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, Donald Trump was charged with four four counts. Um, he has six uncharged co-conspirators. Right. Uh, I believe five of them have been um, uh, recognized, and yeah. I think. My understanding is the the going theory for the sixth one is it's Borshev side. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, so, but no one's let, quite sure be, on that. Okay, yeah. Let, let's be very clear about what this isn't, because th there there's a couple of arguments um, that the the right is making. Uh, they'll keep in mind twice yesterday. Uh, Trump's lawyers both said uh, Al Mohammed even said that uh, he knew he didn't lose, and then. One of the other ones went on Ingram and said, look, you know, what's the big deal if, if he had said, you know, Mike Pence just paused this for 10 days? Um, you know, that. Like, yeah, yeah. That, no. that, it, absurd, but um, that's OK. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, both things that he's being charged with doing. Right, uh, right, right, right. Let, let's be clear about this, because this is why I said they can't read. It is very clear in the indictment that he is not being charged because he complained about the election. Of course. That's his First there Amendment are, right. Yeah. There is, there's direct example saying, hey, you can do this. You're allowed to do this. It's when you attempt to stop it or maliciously uh, discredit people. 
that it is a crime. You Absolutely. Have a fake set of electors. You cannot set up for riots in order to do the ins uh, the insurrection act, so that you can suspend uh, voting and take power that way. You don't have to. Be, you don't have to have a law license in order to come to that conclusion. All you have to do is be able to read simple English, plain English. That's precisely why it was a speaking indictment, and Jack Smith did it skillfully beyond all belief. And read. All you have to do is read paragraphs one through three. And you will get what David just alluded to here. Smith covers it in the first three paragraphs. But, okay. And then the, the other thing is, um, so like the argument is, oh, well, you know, they keep arguing every time there's a Republican who's been elected the century. Well, let's see who it was. Because I don't think the Bush 04 um, uh, win was, was, was challenged. It was the 2001, you know, the one with the hanging chaps and the yeah, Brooks yeah, Brothers yeah, yeah, riots, yeah, 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 where the Supreme Court basically said, yeah, he can have this one. Yeah, they stopped and the count. They, they stopped the recount in Florida, in, in, in Bush v. Gore, and, uh, and that was it. Uh, they were no longer allowed to recount, and when the count was stopped, that's when, uh, that's when Al Gore said, this is turning into, the next step is a constitutional crisis, and he didn't want it to go to that point, and he said, that's it, I step away. And by rights, he shouldn't have. By, by, I still feel to this day that, that in a, in a court of equity, if it was just what is fair, in the court of fairness, he was unfairly dealt with, that the Supreme Court completely botched the decision and that it was a totally political decision that was made. But Al Gore stepped away. Right. And this is the, the other thing that needs to be uh, talked about. The, the, um, the biggest charges that Donald Trump faces, the, the, the January 6th one, the uh, the documents case, the the one coming out for the phone call in Georgia. Yeah, all of these cases are his own making. Yeah, like, of course. He's not, like if he had acted like a normal person and he he had just accepted that he lost, um, he, or just you know turned back the stuff because he gave back the, the the Israeli artifacts that apparently he took too. Um, like if he had just done that. He would. He, the only one he would be facing is is the uh, the New York case. Yeah, and whatever yeah. other. I think there's a pyramid scheme case and something else going on. Um, but other than that, like he chose because the reason he's being charged with nobody else is because he did things nobody else did. Exactly. And this is always it's always worth talking about with January sixth. January sixth was not the beginning of his uh, his attempt. It was the violent last gasp where they legally tried to turn it over and it didn't work yeah you know you, you make such a good point though that that donald trump's problems are of his own making again and again and again no one makes him do this no one does it to him he does it and the other thing is this this other defense that they're going with is oh he still believes it is okay your your argument is he's a fucking idiot yeah, and and and, and there's and again, if you read through the 45 pages of the of the uh, Smith uh, indictment on on January 6th, those arguments that he doesn't know and therefore believes 
a lie and has a reasonable basis for believing a lie, those arguments are eviscerated. It is shown again and again and again and again. He knew, he knew, he knew. People told him, at a minimum, there was reasonable doubt about an extreme position that he alone was holding with a handful of crazies. He basically kept pushing away every rational, uh, every rational bit of advice from his attorneys, from everybody around him. That is the, so you, it's one thing to believe something that's not true. It's another thing to recklessly disregard the truth. And in Donald's case, and that is a term of law, it will be easily, easily shown. Again, any lawyer reading that, that indictment, there was reckless disregard for the truth, and that will be brought out instantaneously. Uh, you know, there, there ain't nowhere to go. There's no defense to the, to the document. I've, I've heard no defenses to the indictment because there are no defenses. This is going to be simply battled out with Hunter Biden. You can hear that over and over. You're going to hear DOJ is out to get him. You're going to hear the Biden crime family. You're, it's the middle of an election, and he's so far ahead, and it's the only way. But, but there'll be no defenses to the indictment indictments because there are none legally i would hate to be a trump attorney well you mean because you're not going to get paid Hey, you've heard about this so-called 40 million bucks that's been paid out so far this year. I'd, I, I'd love to know where, who got paid 40 million dollars. But again, it wasn't out of Trump's pocket. It's out of the money he grifted out of his uh, out of his followers uh, since January 6th, a year and a half ago. He, he had he built up quite a war chest. But uh, it, it's oh God. David, David, we are at day one. The August 1st, I think we can call day one. It's the day that the legal reckoning process began, finally. Not just the January 6th Congressional Committee, but the day that the indictment came down. And, 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 it, and it was exquisite. It was compelling. And it is already being proven to be unassailable by the nature of the reactions and the anger that's being elicited from uh, Donald's supporters and, 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 and just the, the sheer emotional uh, bullshit that's coming out. They've got nothing. The only defense they're going to have, and this is the same one Donald's going to be going with it, it's only going to get worse, is tear the damned system down. The only way you can stop him from being convicted and sentenced and sent away is if you somehow eviscerate the system. And Donald will do anything. We've learned this. And I, and I said this at the end of my first segment before I introduced you. People have to be aware of this going forward. There's nothing he won't attempt to do. Nothing he won't attempt to do. And the question will be more and more, all those sycophantic types that are afraid of the base and Donald's control the base because they might be primaried and lose their control, at what point do they go into the next phase of criminality with him and attempt to take down the judicial system, the Department of Justice, and wherever else he can go 
at what point do they begin defying the express ruling of the court as a condition of his of his bond right now that he not tamper with witnesses that he not that he not touch anyone that's a potential juror that he stay away from that lest he be incarcerated how far will all this go because donald has no off switch his, his, his niece Mary said it once in her book, and she's been stifled for legal reasons ever since. Too much and never enough. That defines Donald. He has no way to stop. And I only put that out there for our listeners to understand that this is just the beginning. Anything you think that might sound outrageous, anything that is not responsive to the true nature of the indictment, anything that sounds like, well, wait a minute, they're just kind of diverting us. This is just the beginning. Be aware. We, can, we have to be alert. We have to put information out there. We need David and people like him to constantly keep us aware of what's going on. We cannot become like them but we can be smarter and more diligent and more verbal and more credible because we can speak truth to what is not really power anymore. We can speak truth to criminality. That's, 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 that's what I would hope for. David, where else can people hear you speaking truth to criminality? Uh, Twitter at Faces Ideas No. That's that's uh, and, and and I and I have a feeling there's going to be a lot more of that in the in the weeks and months ahead. I am so looking forward uh, to continuing our conversations uh, in the weeks and months ahead. This is not ending anytime soon. How this ends, I don't know. That's why they play the games. That's why we're watching. David, thank you for being with us again today on the on the fourth of of August in the year 2023, and. Um, Fasten your seatbelts. We're in for a bumpy ride, or 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 or, or unfasten your seatbelts so you can get up and start dancing with a little more jazz.
You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. What we have learned from Trump's and his his sycophants, his his his, his minions' response to the indictment that just came down from Jack Smith concerning January 6th is that there is no defense. It is indefensible. It's that good. It's that airtight. That means that extrajudicial means are the only way Trump can go, and we know Trump has no off switch. Be prepared.